Welcome into the show, a new show right here on 101 ESPN. I'm Cardinals TV announcer Dan McLaughlin. And as I was saying last hour with Randy and Michelle, I'm extremely, and I mean extremely, honored and excited to be expanding my role with the station and to be doing this for people that I have tremendous appreciation for, and that's Tommy Mattern and John Kiowski. Guys, thank you so much. The management team here at 101. I met with both of them, for those who don't know, before spring training, and they wanted to grow their baseball presence in town. And they thought that I could help in that area. So what began as three call-ins and a baseball show is now turned into being with you every day from 10 till 11. Most of you know my work is in television, specifically the Cardinals broadcast, started with the St. Louis Blues, did Missouri football and basketball, St. Louis University, Billiken basketball. About a decade I worked on ESPN on college athletics. Well, my original background in this business was this, primarily in radio. I worked behind the scenes, produced shows for the likes of Randy Carrick, who has been a great mentor, Mike Kelly, the voice of the Tigers, Ken Wilson when he was doing the Blues, uh, Jack and Joe Buck, and the list just goes on and on. I love radio. I absolutely love it. I love having the experience of controlling your own show, and that's why I am thrilled to be doing this. I also worked with Bernie Miklas, and we did a ton of shows together back in the day, and he knows how much I admire him as a leader in sports media for decades in this town, but I love him as one of my best friends in life. And Bernie made you want to read the bits on Saturday mornings. You wanted his opinions on anything in sports. He always made you think. So understand that I am thrilled to be here, but I'm also thinking about Bernie and for so many that have been affected personally and professionally because of the virus that we're all dealing with. And Bernie, right now, I'm thinking about you. You're the absolute best. So having said that, what can we expect with this show? Great guests, and let's roll those out on a daily basis. Some back and forth with you, the listener, and a ton of information. You know, one of my favorite movies is Wall Street, and there's a scene in that movie that has always stuck with me. Bud Fox. You remember Bud Fox? He's a young, up-and-coming guy. He's trying to get anywhere he can, just going up that corporate ladder, and he's trying to get with Gordon Gecko. It's pouring rain in Manhattan on Bud, and he's begging Gordon Gecko to get with him. Give him the business. Gordon rolls down the window and he says, get me information, pal. And that's what I'm going to try to do here. I want to try and provide you with tons of info. Info that you as a sports fan will enjoy and info that makes you think. I'm not a screamer. I'm not going to yell and go crazy, but I am going to give you a lot of info. I want to try to make you think and have a little fun from 10 to 11 every morning right here on 101 ESPN. So with that in mind, let's tell you what's coming up on the show today. I'll be visiting with one of my broadcast partners, and that is the former Cardinal starter, reliever, closer, Ricky Horton. Now, there's been some news on the baseball front, and I am asked everywhere I go, even with a mask on. Dan, is that? Yeah, that's me. Everywhere I go, do you think we will have baseball this season? My answer is yes. In what form? I'm not sure, but I do think we're trending in the right direction. Jim Bowden, longtime baseball GM, and then moved to the media side for CBS Sports, was asked over the weekend about 
the return of the game. I think what's going to be a little bit difficult is what are you going to do in November, okay? When the when the regular season is over and they, you know they're going to try to play as many games as possible, which means playoffs and World Series in November instead of October. Where are those games going to get played? Uh, can both sides agree on a neutral site? Marlins Park, as an example, or Petco Park in San Diego, some place that's either domed or in warm climate because weather is going to be a huge factor in New York. If you end up, for an example, having a Dodger-Yankee World Series, I mean, what's the weather going to be like in the Bronx around Thanksgiving? And I think that's going to be a very difficult issue because, look, if, if I'm an East Coast team, I want that World Series at home. If my team gets the World Series, I want to be able to play in my own ballpark so I don't think that is going to be as simple as people think. But at the end of the day, everyone's trying to act like a partner. Everyone's working together. And that's the feeling I get. Whether I talk to players, GMs, presidents, or the commissioner's office, the feeling I get, everyone is on the same page. Everyone just wants to get baseball back on the field for the fans. I would agree with that. The business side of baseball that part of the industry, man, it can get contentious between the owners, the players, when there's a lot of money involved. So there is positive movement in that regard. He was talking about, though, the postseason. What about the regular season? Let's get there first. We've all heard about the ideas of quarantining players in Arizona, Florida, maybe even down in Texas. And from those I've talked to, you know, players seem to be kind of lukewarm on that idea, especially those that have made the generational type money, being away from their family potentially and everything that might go into that. However, the idea that uh, I like, and I think it's been a good one, it's floated out late last week with teams having spring training in their home cities and then playing regular season in their home cities and limiting the, the travel. Now, I can get behind that a lot more. Testing is clearly a huge hurdle. Fans miss the game. Organizations miss the revenue. Players miss their checks. I also like the idea of three regional divisions. I like that idea even moving forward if this was, quote-unquote, a normal season. So you'd like to have an even better rivalry with, let's say, Kansas City or the Chicago White Sox. It's quick travel in the Midwest. Bottom line, though, let's get baseball back, and we'll talk it over with Ricky Horton coming up. If you missed it, Major League Baseball and its umpires have reached a deal to cover a 2020 pay structure during this pandemic. And that's from the Major League Baseball Umpires Association. They announced that late on Friday. So the umps will be paid a pro-rated share of their salaries based on games worked over 182-day season. Umpires have already been paid from January through April. They're paid at a 50% rate in May. So even if one regular season game is played this year, the umps are guaranteed about a third of their salary. So you're talking about maybe 100 games, kind of reading between the lines of what you might be able to play. And if you're wondering, umpires generally make between $150,000 and $450,000 a year. Now, as a part of the deal, Major League Baseball has the right not to use instant replays of umpires' decisions throughout the regular season. And the reason for that is that Baseball could be played in, let's say, spring training homes or minor league parks, and those are not equipped for a replay situation. So that's why you may have that going forward. This is interesting. If you missed it, Albert Pujols, who celebrated his 40th birthday in January, has already cemented his place in the Hall of Fame. But a shortened or canceled 2020 season would significantly affect his ability to reach some key, uh, key milestones. So I was thinking about some of those milestones. What are they? Well, he's 44 home runs from 700. 
He's 298 hits away from 3,500. Only Hank Aaron has both. He said, quote, about retirement, I don't think about it in that way. It's my last year under contract next season, but that doesn't mean I can't keep playing. I haven't closed that door. I'm taking it day by day, year by year. But you haven't heard from my mouth that I'm going to retire next year or that it's going to be my last year or that I'm going to keep playing. I haven't said any of that. When that time comes, we'll see. Just because you have one year left on your contract doesn't mean it's your last year. It could be, but it could not be. How about Albert Pujols as a National League designated hitter? The DH is coming. Something to think about. It was this day three years ago. Albert did make history. There's a flare out to right field, and there it is. Hit number 3,000 for Albert Pujols. The fourth player in Major League Baseball history with at least 600 home runs and 3,000 hits. Joining Hank Garrett, Willie Mays, and Alex Rodriguez. Add Albert Pujols to that list. And what a moment this is for Albert with his teammates, his family here. History in Seattle here for Albert Pujols. I'll ask Ricky Horton about his favorite Albert moment uh, coming up in our next segment. This news, and I'll wrap up the first segment with this, is a little bit of something that gets your attention in a negative way because the NHL could face another hurdle if the league decides to continue this year in the near future, getting non-Canadian resident players across the border to join their respective teams. If you didn't see it or hear about it, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said yesterday that players would, at a minimum, need to follow quarantine protocols if they were to arrive in Canada while the border remains closed due to the pandemic. So what that means is that there are some of these cities that they were looking at as hockey pods, if you will, They can't do that. Edmonton, Toronto, they were being looked at as possible hockey pod cities that could host the remainder of the NHL season during the summer months. Games would have to be played in air-conditioned arenas without fans. And that's not only hockey. What does it mean for baseball, too? We don't know. We sit, we wait, we hope. Coming up, I'll visit with Ricky Horton. Also, I'd love to hear from you on the text line, the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 and a mic drop on the Rhino Shield mic drop. We're off and running. This is 101 ESPN. Colin Surrey is our producer and making sure I don't screw this whole thing up. Looking forward to being with Colin every day as we navigate through the 10 o'clock hour here on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. It's great to have you along. The Air Comfort Service text line is open, 65780. I'll get to some of those next segment. A bunch of good ones already coming in. You can leave me a mic drop as well. That's the Rhino Shield mic drop. Well, one of the toughest aspects of what we're all going through right now is not being able to see people. Uh, some of our favorite people, coworkers. And the last time that I saw Ricky Horton, my broadcast partner on the games, was down in Florida during spring training. Ricky, great to be with you on 101 ESPN. I hope everyone is safe and healthy in your family. How are you making it through uh, these uh, what are so uncertain times? Well, it actually hasn't been uh, bad, Dan, and I and I say that with full understanding that for a lot of people it has been. So, I mean, I'm, I just I understand that there are people that not not just the economic issues that are going on, but also the the health issues that people are dealing with in a very real way. I'm very sensitive to that. And empathetic towards that. Uh, on our front, you know, we've been fine. Our kids are fine, and 
Uh, we're just using it as a time to, for Ann and I just to connect. We go on a lot of walks, and, and, and I'm learning how to cook uh, at, the age of, uh, at the age of 60. So uh, finally, uh, you, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks. And, and, but, but it has been you know, a time of reading and reflection, and uh, it just hasn't been, it hasn't been all bad in terms of how we've dealt with it. Let's put it that way. Sure. How about baseball? How much do you miss the game? Well, I miss the game. You know, I'm finding, and, I, and I'm a little surprised at this. I'm, I'm finding that that I really miss the live game. You know, and, and I'm, I've been a student of history. I love history just in general, as you know, Dan, for, with all of our travels together. And, and I'm and reading books on history, on military history. But, uh, you know, I thought I would be just kind of able to just embrace and get behind a lot of kind of, you know, past baseball games in the history of but but i want now i mean i guess yes. I'm, I'm a little surprised at that because i thought i would be a consumer of baseball past and i'm really i'm really looking for baseball present and baseball future i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you because i know fans want to know if we're going to play this year my gut feeling is we will how about you yeah i think we will and of course the, you know the playing in front of fans is 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 obviously uh, there's not a high probability of that at least at the beginning and who knows how long uh, and and that of course is a, is a sad thing for all of us and something we'll have to deal with but you know love to be able to bring you know with you and and on the radio side too we love to be able to bring cardinal baseball to fans i mean i can't go anywhere i'm talking about drugstores and 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 be six feet away from people without somebody saying miss the cardinals and miss the cardinals and miss the cardinals i think there would be some some really uh, good things that would come from from giving us that diversion if that happens and uh you know will it be a hundred percent of what we've had in the, in the past uh probably not in terms of the feel of it but i but i'd love to go back to work with you dan and, and get back after it and and hope that uh, somewhere down the road in the future we we do have our return to normal yeah i'd love it too rick horton my guest uh ricky i'm curious about playing in front of of no fans um what do you think that's like from a professional athlete standpoint especially guys that have been doing it a long time, and especially in St. Louis when we're playing the Marlins on a Tuesday in July and there's 40,000 people to none. What do you think that's going to be like? Well, for the veteran big leaguers, they're going to have to channel their minor league career, maybe their college career, yeah. remember what it was like to just play because, you know, and not necessarily have to draw on the energy of the crowd. And, and that is a thing that obviously when you get the big leagues, I mean, it is – incredible when you walk into a ballpark and there are 40,000 people screaming or booing you, whichever the case may be. I mean, it's, I mean, it is really an electric experience. And uh, I will say this, that there were times and, and I have to reach way back in my memory banks to remember this, Dan, but there were, there were cities that, that you'd go to uh, in the national league. And, and at the time it was Atlanta, Montreal, Pittsburgh that were not drawing very well. And you had to remind yourself that these were big league games that counted. So, so there, but, but there was a mental exercise for, from a player's point of view and from a coach and a manager to say, look, it doesn't feel like this game counts, but it sure does. So there's, there's going to have to be some mental toughness, uh, I think, with players. And, of course, that's what they pride themselves in is mental toughness. But, but they're going to have to find ways to gear up and get that energy, get that adrenaline from somewhere. I'm fascinated what a roster may look like. So do you take 30 guys, 35, the 40-man, whatever the case may be, because if you're playing a lot of games, condensed schedule, you could have injuries, you might have guys struggling. You'd love to go down to the minor leagues and bring somebody up. Um, and to that point, that's where I think the Cardinals, at least coming out of spring training, what I felt was that they would be very, very good pitching-wise. We're going to find out about the offense, but pitching-wise – I think they could come out of this thing maybe better than any other team in the league. 
I agree. I 100% uh, believe that Whitey Herzog's on record is saying the same thing. And, and, and I would say beyond that, Dan, I, I would say 40 is too many personally. I mean, they may do that, but I think I, I think that would be too too crowded in some ways. But if you go to 30, 32, I think that maybe is the right number as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but it isn't just the pitching. You know, it's it's if you're going to play every single day. I mean, is Yachty going to catch every day? Is Paul DeYoung going to play shortstop every exactly. day? Exactly. Yeah. And, and so and so it's not. It is the pitching, yes, but it's also you know, do you have an Edmundo Sosa who's ready to play shortstop and back up Paul DeYoung? after he's played 30 days in a row, uh, or do you have an extra second baseman? Do you have the versatility of a Tommy Edmond where he can play several places? I think, you know, the more the merrier when it comes to this kind of situation. And that and that's certainly true of the pitching. I, I would be very surprised if they don't really push the envelope in terms of how soon they start relative to pitchers actually being ready to pitch. I, I don't think they're going to gear up to pitchers throwing seven innings. You know, we did that once in spring training, got them geared up to that and then had to have the shutdown. Honestly, I think if you can get starters to go three or four at the beginning of whatever the season might look like, and you go ahead and have a seven-man rotation and just let them throw three or four until they build up, and and, and a team like the Cardinals, yes, I think they have more starters. you got Gomber, Ponce de Leon, et cetera, and you've got Kim, who would look really good in spring training. So you know, several options for Mike Schilt, which I think is a plus for St. Louis. I find it fascinating, too, what veterans – uh, will be like, like meaning their body. You know, and a Wainwright now gets two to three months off. Uh, Yachty can rest his body. Those kind of guys, those types of players in the league, how they respond after being amped up for spring. Now you're down. Now you have to get it back going again very quickly. I think that's kind of a neat to, part of this to, to see who responds and who doesn't. It's going to be fascinating to see you know, how players are ready for whatever happens. Whatever. And again, we don't, no one knows if, you know, we, we, we end up saying a lot of what John Bozalak's been saying lately is, I don't know, because that's what yeah. you and I say that to each other a lot when we chat. And, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. Uh, you know, but the point is, you know, at some point you're going to have veteran players that are going to have to get ready in a hurry. So, so if you're a veteran player, Dan, as, as we know, and it's spring training, you know, they get there early February and then they end up playing games by April 1st, just roughly. But their work starts in November, so you have to back up two, three, four months to get ready to where they're game ready for April. So now with the unknown of what's going on right now is a detriment to a player, veteran or otherwise, that you probably should be thinking, okay, so I have to believe this is like my mid-February time or maybe my early January time. What, what am I doing then to get ready for a season? Because the reality is it's going to be a rush once the decision is made. It's not going to be three months and then we're going to go after it. It might be a month. So you're going to have to kind of get ready as if the season's going to start in a month, which means uh, early spring training. You're going to have to be in early spring training shape without having spring training. And I think that's going to be a challenge mentally and physically, again, whether you're a young, young player or old player. When I've been asked about this, I said baseball, it's an outlier this year. It's a blank canvas. So if we have realignment with divisions, if we're playing doubleheaders that have seven-inning games, extra innings, you start with a runner at second base. I don't like it, but if we had to do it, we do it. There's all kinds of things that we hear about. From your perspective, what do you think about all those different things that are, are being rumored about? Well, my perspective would be, and, and, and I'm, I think I'm not speaking for every fan because every fan is different and, 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 you know, every broadcaster is different, every player is different. We all have our opinions and, and, and that's what makes the game so interesting. I really do believe that. I mean, it's one of the things I've loved about baseball is, 
you know, it, it's kind of hard to have a definitive right or wrong about analytics, old school, you know, do you, do you hit and run, do you, do you, do you bunt? I mean, all those things are, uh, to me, are what makes baseball inter- interesting. Do you take the pitcher out, do you leave him in? But wh- wh- what I believe personally, as a fan of the game, I would rather see less changes than more changes because we're already going to have changes thrust upon us, meaning nobody in the stands. That's going to be weird. So I prefer to have the teams playing in their home ballparks. So at least it has a feel for that as you're watching on TV or listening on the radio. So you have a little bit of a feel for, okay, it's not normal, but it's still the big leagues. And so I think any changes beyond that, if you go to electronic umpires, if you go to the second base, I wouldn't be in favor of that, even the DH in the, in the uh, National League, which I know is, is certainly possible. The more changes that you make, I think for the fan might make them a little disenchanted, maybe too, too much change too fast. I think, you know, I read a book years ago called Managing Change, and, and there is a real art to managing change when you're in corporate America. Mm-hmm. You have to do that very adeptly. And, and, I'm, and I'm concerned that too many macro changes will, will actually hurt the product and hurt the viewer and, and, the, and the fan. Now, again, that, I'm not speaking for everybody, Dan. I'm just speaking for myself. I don't think, Rick Horton, there's any way I could see Yadier Molina in another uniform playing Major League mm. Baseball, but uh, he has come out and said that he wants to play beyond this year. We know that his three-year deal, that extension, is up after this season. The pandemic has made him kind of rethink of what he wants to do in his future. I, I don't know about you, but I can't see him playing anywhere else. I think the legacy stuff, all of it matters, and I do think he'll finish up in St. Louis. What do you think? I, I hope he does. I believe he will. Uh, I don't fault him for making the comments that he made. I, you know, everybody's kind of at a at a regroup moment right now in in terms of well, wait a minute. You know, the, he he would have thought by this time he would have had thirty plus games under his belt, and he would then, you know, and 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 the number of at bats and home runs and RBIs and all the things that Yadi amassed in his career headed towards the Hall of Fame are very important to him as they should be. And so for him to be thinking that boy, if if I'm not playing this half a year or or a quarter of a year or whatever it may end up being that he misses, um, you know, it, it may give me some incentive to want to play longer. And, and, and I hope the Cardinals uh, will, will be the place I play, but I, but I have to cover all my bases. So I, I don't blame him for making that comment at all. Uh, but I sure hope that, and, and I sure hope and think that he's going to stay a Cardinal. Okay. Now I'm going to get you in trouble. You ready? Yeah. I, well, I've been there before. Yeah. We, but trust me, we both have. <laughs> um, so Albert Pujols said over the weekend that he wants to maybe play beyond his deal. Let's just say, for argument's sake, the DH is coming to the National League, and I, I think it is. Do you think there'd be a reunion with the Cardinals at some point with him? Wouldn't that be oh, something? It would be incredible. You know, I, I guess I, what I don't know, and and and, and I and that's actually the first I've heard of it, Dan. I missed that news somehow that that Albert was thinking about that. I know Albert was highlighted over the weekend in, in a big way with the MLB Network, and and you know, you know, good for him. Uh, but. Uh, if he came back as a Cardinal and, and, and you think about the moment that he had last year in his return to St. Louis, how electric was that? That was such a, awesome. a great thing. I mean, everything about that was awesome. And so, you know, maybe that fuels the fire of this kind of conversation. What I don't know is how the service contract fits into that, that he has with the angels. Sure. And, but you know, all that stuff can be negotiated and dealt with. And, and, oh my goodness, that you, you, you would, uh, I don't know whether it'd be, we'd still be social distancing or not, but you would pack Bush Stadium every night if Albert was back in town. So, you know, I'm just trying to get you in trouble so that we're on the record here that yeah. you believe he is going to come back and then retire with a Cardinal uniform on. That's basically <laughs> what you just said. 
No, I think I just said I hope. It, I said I, I'm intrigued by it, and I hope it's the first I've heard of it. But sign me up. Oh man, it would be awesome. Now, I'm not the one. I'm not the one paying them, of course, and I'm not the one negotiating all those deals. But let's just say, if if you think about it from a visionary standpoint, from a from a career capstone standpoint. Uh, just how meaningful that would be to so many people. You know, of course, he has great friends and, and great relationships where he is now. Uh, but you know, it's 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 certainly it's certainly worth dreaming about. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it would be something else. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. I'm going to stay with you on, on Albert here because there's so much over the weekend on MLB Network was dedicated to Albert, and then the uh, the the report uh, coming from ESPN about he's not ready to talk about retirement yet, not getting ahead of himself, but just doesn't want to talk about it yet. What's your favorite moment with Albert? Because you knew him on a very personal level and know him on a very personal level. We've all seen the moments on the field, but do you have one that stands out for you? Well, you know, I have personal moments with Albert because I was I was close to him. And, and, and what I remember about the personal moments with him, not on the field stuff, but, you know, how on any given day I would walk by Albert and he would have that stone-faced look and he would walk past me like he'd never met me in his life. And and I'd just walk by him. The next day, I'd walk by Albert. Big hug. His, his eyes would light up. He'd come and hug me and tell me that he loved me. So, I, honestly, that's Albert. I mean, and, and you know, I actually admire that about a competitor. that You get so locked in that you don't even really kind of see what's uh, right next to you at times. But but that's how intense of a guy he was. But but those memories of those Albert hugs, personally, uh, are really meaningful to me. I, you know, I had several specific things that I can think about in that regard. But you know, just the reminder, honestly, the, the reminder this weekend of some of the games that I had an opportunity to work, where he had the the three home run game on the the Buddy Day at the ballpark when they had the parade for the yeah. Down Syndrome community, uh, and we had Dee uh, Dee Pujols in our booth uh, talking to her. I, I mean, that's pretty special because that's one of those games that kind of transcends baseball itself and it gets very personal uh and and that's uh, that's probably the the one that sticks out the most to me you know before i let you go i'd be remiss too if i didn't bring this up the cardinals hall of fame voting ended i believe on friday so we're going to find out who makes it into the hall of fame this year and hopefully we'll have a ceremony and it'll be the pomp and circumstance that we're uh, accustomed to but you could have two of your former teammates going in i think there's a great shot that john tudor goes in and tommy her and tommy in my mind, gets overlooked of just how good of a baseball player he was in that time. And I know you feel the same way. Yeah, I do. John Tudor, people know about his string of, uh, of wins that he put together in 85. And, and you know, the three years running, it was, a, was really the best pitcher in the National League, I would say. I, you, you wouldn't want to oppose him. Uh, not, not an electric stuff guy, but just an unbelievable competitor. And certainly he deserves it. And everybody on that list deserves it. But the question is kind of who, who do we think is who are we handicapping to get in there? But Tommy Herr, uh, the thing about Tommy is, is you really have to look beyond the numbers with Tom Herr because he was the team leader in the 80s. You know, he played on the 82 World Championship team, was there in 85 and again in 87. So, you know, he was he was as much a part of of the the 80s success as any player. And you certainly throw Ozzy into that, too. Uh, but but the two of them together were critically important and tom was really again our leader in so many ways you know i still have a heart for for keith hernandez because i know how much this would mean to him but i know it would mean a lot to tom uh and um john tudor as well so you know i i know they'll all get in at some point and so i'm not kind of too worried about those guys but you know you you just hope sooner and later for sooner than later for the guys that you uh, played with and know and, and, and really care about. Ricky, thanks so much. Great catching up, and uh, soon enough we'll be back in the booth calling baseball. Can't wait for it. 
Yeah, I can't wait either, Danny. Coming up, I'll get to your text, the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Lots of good baseball questions. Send us a mic drop as well. I'll have more on 101 ESPN. Oh, one to pull. In the air, left field, and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic, towering three-run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston. There it is. Number 400 for Albert Pools. 400 home runs in the career of Albert Pujols. History tonight in Washington. Another one, two. Albert drives one out to left center field. This ball's hit well. There she goes. Welcome to the 500 home run club, Albert Pujols. Pujols rips it fair. Hit number 2,000 down into the corner. And with this double, Pujols joins Stan the Man, Brock, Hornsby, and Slaughter as Cardinals with 2,000 hits. There's a flare out to right field, and there it is. Hit number 3,000 for Albert Pujols. The fourth player in Major League Baseball history with at least 600 home runs and 3,000 hits. Joining Hank Garrett, Willie Mays. And Alex Rodriguez, add Albert Pujols to that list. And what a moment this is for Albert with his teammates, his family here. History in Seattle here for Albert Pujols. A 2-1 pitch to Albert Pujols. Albert hits it a ton out to deep left. He gave us 11 years of memories we'll never forget. He's just given us another. Man, oh man, you hear those moments from El Hombre, and not that we forgot about his greatness, but man, man, was he something else. Which leads me to the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. I heard you talking with Ricky about Albert. At what point does he rejoin the Cardinals organization? Good question, because as Ricky mentioned, he has a personal services deal with the Angels that's for 10 years after his playing career is over. So I think how his weekend went last year, if there were any hard feelings on either side, time is, is healed that. I think it's also you know done with. It's subsided if there was any ill will on either side. So what I will find incredibly interesting is what hat he will wear going into baseball's Hall of Fame. Now, clearly, his 11 years were unlike the years that he's had with the Angels, but as I mentioned in the top of the show, he's 44 homers from 700. He's 298 hits away from 3,500. Those are incredible milestones, no doubt, that are within reach. However, based on all the winning that he had in St. Louis uh, and the incredible individual numbers with the Cardinals, I do believe he should go in as a Cardinal. From the 618, what do you miss most about no sports? Oh, Man, where do I start? I miss being at the ballpark. Uh, I truly miss the people. We have some amazing crew members that I have the the privilege to work with uh, every day, night night after night. They're, they're some of the most talented people in this business. Uh, many of them are working on the national games of hockey and baseball, so I miss them. Miss being around my, my partners. Miss the fans at a game. There is nothing like being at a major league game. 
on the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314. Dan, it's great to have you a part of 101. Will you only be doing a baseball show? And the answer is no, but baseball is is right up my alley. That's how I make a living, and I'm pretty much around it every day. However, I'm going to try and get a, a bunch of different topics in and, and covering different sports. So I love the, the thing I love about it, I love interviewing people and what makes them tick. So while there be a, a lot of baseball, certainly uh, understand I'm going to be diving into all the other sports for sure. From the 314 on the Air Comfort Service text line, during the pandemic, what show or shows have you really gotten into? <laughs> I like this one. Well, I've done a, a ton of watching of old games, old baseball games on MLB Network. So I, I enjoy hearing the broadcasters, especially. I just have a different ear for it maybe than the casual fan just because that's my business. But I, I get a kick out of hearing Tim McCarver from his Mets days, uh, the national games that he did for Fox, and now getting the chance to work with him. Um, it's been fun to hear that. Um, so I, I get a kick out of that. Better Call Saul is currently my leader of the pack during this uh, pandemic. Great show. I'm also firing up Ozark. I realize I'm a little late to the game on that, but I'm going to finish the uh, final season of Ozark this week. On the Air Comfort Service text line from the 314, I like your thinking on Pujols, but what about Yachty? Does he finish with the Cardinals? Well, the simple answer is yes. He's finishing up a, a $60 million extension with the club. And this is his 17th season with the team. I think the biggest, though, question right now is, is what is legacy worth? And let's think about this. To me, it's worth a lot, but I don't have to pay the man. Jack Flaherty is arbitration eligible after this season. And if he continues to progress like he has, he's in line to make a ton of money. The club is paying Goldschmidt over $100 million. Colton Wong is coming into his own, and he'll be getting another potential deal so the other th- part of this, I think, that makes it complicated, what does the sport look like if and when we come out of this? So currently, baseball, all sports, but the sport is looking at a billion-dollar losses, uh, and that's with a B. So payroll structure may you know, change what he could have gotten, quote-unquote, normal season, and that could be a huge part of this as, as we move forward. I've got time for one more on the Air Comfort text line from the 618 have you checked out The Last Dance? Yeah, oh, I've, I've watched it. I think the world is watching it. Um, I'm enjoying it. Takes me back to hearing the NBA on NBC, the did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, and listening to Marv Albert. I, I love that. I, I used to love that on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I would think if you're an athlete, I would think that you have to be watching that and saying to yourself, that's how you become great. That's a sheer will to compete and win. Um, and I would think that it's motivation, and that's kind of what I've taken out of it in watching The Last Dance. Our last segment, the crossover, next on 101 ESPN. 10.50, your time check presented by Clarkson Jewelers. The crossover with Rivs and BK. That's the show that's coming up. Jamie Rivers, Brandon Kiley, they'll have uh, the show and the next three hours leading into the revamped fast lane here on 101 ESPN. This has been a lot of fun. Many thanks to uh, Rick Horton and also all the texts that we have coming in. I'll get to some of those tomorrow and some of the mic drops as well. But uh, I've got to manage a show clock, so that's part of learning as we go along. So thanks for doing that if you did uh, text in and also a mic drop. I promise to get to those tomorrow. Guys, good to see you. How are you? Good, Danny Mac. 
It's good to hear your voice on here. I'll tell you what, man. I miss being behind a mic. I miss calling baseball. I miss being at the ballpark. I miss the people that we work with. I miss everything about I miss the smell of a freaking hot dog. <laughs> I'm t- there's nothing like a ballpark hot dog, man. You, you When you walk into Bush Stadium on a Saturday and it's beautiful, and it's not 100, it's like 85, you know, and it's, the sun is out and there's 40,000 people. And that's something, I, you know, this is like the Albert Pujols Marathon right now on MLB Network. I miss that. I miss walking into uh, Enterprise Center with my kids for playoff hockey and the smell of that arena and the anticipation of playoff hockey. I, I you know, I, I know I speak on behalf of a lot of people. We all miss it. But uh, I do, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, I do think we're going to have sports back in some capacity. It's not what we're going to be used to, but I think it's coming. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's – look, here's the thing is – it's got to come back for a lot of things. We talk about mental health and things like that. People are going a little bit squirrely just sitting at home and kind of going through this groundhog day. And yes, things are starting to slowly open up again, but that escape that you've had with sports, whatever your favorite sport is, or if you like all of them, like I do, that's kind of your escape, you know, and you have fun watching that. So I think sports are coming back. You hear different ideas every other day or certainly every week that they're trying to figure something out. And I know, BK, you are on top of this all the time, but I do. I think that they're coming back, hopefully sooner than later. I do, too. If we're getting to a point now where they're able to open up gyms locally, I just don't know how you can then go on the other hand and say, no, but we're not allowed to have the 25 dudes playing on a field together like it. It just seems like we're getting closer. It feels like every day I'm starting to see reports now about when and what it's going to look like as opposed to just these ideas, these pie-in-the-sky ideas of what we started hearing when this first happened. I guess it's almost eight weeks ago now, which seems insane. Seems like eight years. It's, it, it, does. Does, but it, do, if it does, but it also feels like, for me anyways, personally, it feels like it's gone by fast. And like here we are again, and it's eight weeks, and when I hear that, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. But then when I think back, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, it's felt like an eternity. I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm so messed up in quarantine yeah. that I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Don't worry. You're not the only one. BK, by the way, congratulations to you. Now, full-time you, you. on-air role. I'm sure you're excited about that. Yeah, you know, we're going to talk about this kind of in our open, but it's it's been my dream since I was 15 years old to do this. This is the only thing I told Stoltz and Rivs last week. Like, I have no discernible skills. I'm not a guy that's going to go out there and fix anything for you. I can't. Uh, I my tire was flat last week. I can't get the spare on on my own. I'm calling AAA to get that done. Like I'm incompetent in every possible way, but I like to think that I'm decent at this. And I went to school for this. I have wanted to do this specific thing, this specific career path for a long time. There's not a whole lot of jobs in this career path, and to have one of them, I'm I'm hugely appreciative of the opportunity. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to work with this big goofball every day as well. See, that's what I was wondering: is it the job that's the dream, or is it working with me? Because for the last three days, I've been under the assumption that when you say this is my dream job, that it's just working with me. Am I correct, or is that? Yeah, just... we can go down that All path. Right, let's let's yeah. pretend like Good. that's what I've always said. You know, part of radio is telling the truth too, and I'm I'm not seeing the the truth come out in this particular exchange. Um, so you guys got three hours leading into the fast lane. Give me the ideas of, of what you're going to try to do with the show. So, are you mean today or in general? Because in general, great question. We have no idea. We're kind of flying by the seat of our pants on this big thing. No, we're we're going to try to continue kind of what we started with when it was me, Jamie 
Jimmy and Stalter. The show's going to change in some ways because it has to. Stalter's not here anymore, and he was a massive part of what we were trying to build. Um, I will do everything that I can to kind of fill some of those shoes, but it's going to be impossible to truly fill what Anthony Stalter meant to the show. Uh, that being said, though, we're going to try to have great guests on here. We're going to have fun. Like, one thing that we don't want to do is take ourselves too seriously. We're going to have fun with the conversations that we have, and we're going to try to get you through three hours of your day. You know? I'm, I'm concerned about what I read over the weekend, which was, and this pertains to you, Jamie, being from Canada and now making a living down here in the United States. You you have an intimate uh, idea of what's going on here in terms of hockey. And Trudeau came out, the Prime Minister of Canada, and he said, hey, those hubs that we're thinking about having, or the pods, if you will, for hockey, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. What do you think about that? Well, it's going to be a challenge, for sure, in many ways. And I know that BK and I talked about this before uh, we came in here, and we're going to be talk, trying to dive deep into it throughout the show. So tune in. We're going to have some pretty specific thoughts on that. But it's going to be a challenge because, you know, not only is it a challenge to come out of the pandemic and have sports, now you're throwing another curveball in this whole thing that you can't have your Canadian teams have a hub amongst them and then what does that mean for the Canadian players never mind the documented Canadians who are already you know U.S. legal to work down here because they play on a U.S. team everything's fine they'll come back and but what about the Canadian players which there are a lot of them that are Canadian and play in Canada now are they're supposed to come down to the states and work down here even though they're working for their Canadian team to me, it seems like a bit of a logistical nightmare for somebody sitting in an office somewhere trying to make this happen. Although, to your point earlier, which was a great point, there's a lot of revenue at stake. There's a lot of money at stake. And the states where these teams are going to go, those governors, those people that are involved, the big wigs, they might find a way to, oh, I don't know, make it a little easier to do this. But at no point do I think this is going to be, like, super smooth. What are, what are players telling you? I know you're still tied into a bunch of the players from your, your time in the league. What do, what do they feel about either finishing a regular season or just finishing the season at all? They have a really strong desire to finish out the season. Because of the money? No. Or the cup? The cup at this point, right? Because they already, they've already given up their last paycheck. They put it into an account to pay off the owners, basically, so that the salary cap doesn't drop. The floor doesn't fall out of the salary cap. They're doing their part that yeah. way. And by providing revenue to the league, which is their paychecks, it helps lessen that blow a little bit. So, And you know, Danny, from your days working uh, in the NHL, in the broadcasting with, yeah. the, with the Blues, that... You don't get paid for the playoffs. Yeah, there's a bonus for the the team that wins the Stanley Cup, but it, it pales in comparison to what a real paycheck is. It's for pride. And a lot of these guys have, you know, some some guys unrestricted. Alex Petrangelo, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a bridge he's got to cross. And then, of course, the Stanley Cup to win that, to close out the season, to do it the right way. So the players have a strong desire to finish it out. If they have to sacrifice regular season games, I think they're okay with that. They would like to have a normal Stanley Cup playoff. They're open to a little bit of tweaking, maybe at the beginning of it, to figure out who's going to be in and out and things like that. But definitely want to have the traditional Stanley Cup run to be the champion. Guys, have a great show. It's off and running. BK, happy for you, man. Congratulations. Jamie, good luck. Thank you, sir. You're going to need it. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm joking, BK. I wouldn't. Come on, man. I got to have a little fun. Absolutely. All right. Have fun. It is going to be Rivs and BK, or is it BK and Rivs? It's whatever you want. Is that part of the contract? We should probably talk about that in the open. How do you feel about that, Rivs?
No, I'm good with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN.